Microphones of Madness is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcasting Network. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Hey, everybody, it's Saturday night. Microphones of Madness. We are live. I'm, I'm Rodney. And joining us in a pre recorded fashion from an undisclosed location is Steve and a Bat Hamster Coffee Cup. It is really great to be here, Rodney. And Logan. It is really great to be here, Rodney. It is really great to be here, Rodney. There we go. And always the third member of our menagerie of madness is Kim. That's me. Bespectacled Kim today. Yes. Glad you survived the cannibalism, Ken. Yeah, so far. All right. Who knows what tomorrow will bring, though? More cannibalism. Yay! <laughs> More depravity and cannibalism. I mean, it's every day. Why not? Yes, naturally. I'd get bored otherwise. <laughs> Pardon me, sir. Do you have any human noses? But of course. Now. All right. So is there anything, any business we need to attend to? Um, no. No. No, nothing. <laughs> There's nothing going on in the universe whatsoever. Just my... Not Pre-recorded bat hamster cup. Yes, right. Well, yeah, we couldn't ask. We can't ask Steve anything today because he's he's pre-recorded oh, through the okay. magic of of live internet broadcasting and time doohickeys and it, it, wibbly wobbly Wibbly-wobbly. stuff. Time wibbly me. Stuff. It it goes ding. So Doctor tonight, boom. <laughs> Doctor Who. <the> second stringers. <laughs> Doctor Whom and the Second Stringers. A madman with a box. Yeah, we're, we're madmen in a box. How about that? Now, three, three madmen in a box. So, so we could ramble for half an hour about random stuff. We often do. That's <laughs> right. That's kind of the point of the show. However, today we are once again journeying to the fantastical world of Key Conga. The anthology put together by Milton Davis and Balagun Ojitade. I've said it so many times now that I can I can say it. Uh, tonight we are looking at uh, Ojitade's story Fearless and Davis's story The Bene's Daughter. But first, since Steve was absent on the last uh, installment of this series. Uh, he wanted to... I did what? You, you did what? <laughs> what? Um, he wanted to uh, say some thoughts on the hand of Sassetti. I did? You did. <laughs> okay. We, we Steve, promised... Steve, you're, you're pre-recorded, so you don't know any of this yet. Oh, all right. Right. So, I mean, and, I did. And in three, two, one, go. Go. I enjoyed that story immensely. 
<laughs> I thought it was cool. You thought I, it was the best story in the anthology. I did, and I'll tell you what. I liked the fact that this guy was a tinkerer as his the hero. Because you, honestly... Now, maybe in steampunk you get that a lot, and and maybe that's where Ojitade was going with it, was he was trying to steampunk it up because... The, or um, steampunk it up. But uh, I, I like the fact that he, instead of being your typical give me the sword, let me slice and dice kind of guy, or a rogue, or your typical... RPG hero. Right. He doesn't he wear leather armor. That's right. He was a tinkerer. And, you know, it's it's a fantasy world, so you can have... As, as long as it's not fissionable, I think it's it's allowed. Oh, come on. Fucking <laughs> fission, man! <laughs> Conan with an atomic bomb! I think you have to wait for the... Uh, for uh, cyberfunk to get the fissionable material. I will, I will turn Stygia into glass. <laughs> no, but I, I, like, I like the twist. I like the fact that the quote-unquote villain was really not the villain, and the true villain was a power-mad politician. Yes. It, it's one of those stories that's right up my alley. There you go. All right. There you go. So moving right along okay, to dude. Yeah, you had something else you wanted to add? No, I'm going to, you know, hit the stop button on my stage. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now freeze for the next half hour. <laughs> You're glitching on a Steve Robo Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, audio listeners. Uh, <laughs> if you watched us live, you would see the psych eggs. <laughs> oh, boy. That's what the live broadcast has that the podcast does not. Yes. Psych gags? Yes, and my hat. And your hat. Well, that is a psych and gag my all its own. That's a sight gag all its own as well. I don't okay, so. No sight gag for Rodney today. Sorry. Nah. Eventually. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Let's see. So, we're going to start with um, Balagun Ojitade's... I, I mispronounced it there. That's <laughs> what I get for saying something. Balagun Ojitade... Fearless. And we'll start with Kim this time. We'll let Kim go first, because I think Steve usually does. Okay. So, take it away, Kim. Ah, well, okay. Um, I liked this one. This was another one of those that felt like a fable. Uh, it starts off with a curse. Uh, a death curse, actually. Or more a, of a, a, more a prophecy. Of a, yeah, more prophecy. of a prophecy. Not a curse, not a curse. But uh, a child is prophesied, first of all, to be greater than all his peers at everything, which 
hails back to the classic, um, oh shit, what was it? Not Norse. <sighs> the story of Lou, who exceeded in everything. The story of Lube? Lou. Lou. <laughs> the story of Lou. Is it Lunasa? He did gel. But he was. <laughs> the legend well, I mean, of Astroglide. <laughs> it, it is pretty important, you know. Sorry. Alright, sorry. Well, we're not going to sing without Lou. So, anyway, this kid is prophesied. What is it? To. Okay, and I'm quoting here. It is to exceed in skill and wits all the children of this great nation, past and present. So that sounds pretty damn good. But it is immediately followed up with a, a however, he will bring you the father. Much heartache as he will leave this world long before you. Right. Now, now Sage, Sage Wisdom 101, the official, the official rule book. Uh, the you know the, the the employee handbook for all royal sages, clause thirteen states that every prophecy has to have a but. Yes. It, it, it's in the rules. It's it's in the bylaws. You have to study this to become a sage. So. Yeah, it, it's it's right there. Every prophecy has to have a but. You know, it's the yes. Tyrell factor. The light that burns twice as bright burns half as long. Yes. Yes. Of course this I is, quoted Blade Runner. And of course, this is the ultimate in in butts, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> because it's prophesying the child's death. Don't forget your astrobot. And of course, and of course, as as in all great fables and myths, the king is not happy with this. No. No. So what he does is he <coughs> he isolates the child, uh, trains him, you know, brings him upright, but keeps him far away from everybody. And, and the prophecy stipulates that he will be killed by some kind of animal, either an right. ape, a crocodile, or a dog. An ape, a crocodile, or a dog. I mean, okay. It's quite a selection. And and very common animals. <laughs> it's funny because it yeah. says he will be killed by an animal, either an ape, a crocodile, or a dog. The ancestors will not say specifically which. Goddamn <laughs> ancestors! What the fuck? It's very specific until it's not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and you know, can you imagine the ancestors like sitting around during this? Going, hey, okay, so do we tell him? <laughs> What it would, I mean, don't, don't, we, we can't make it easy down. for him. Keep it down, keep it down, man. Uh, yeah, tell him an ape, a crocodile, or a dog. But we're just not sure which one. <laughs> but it's really going to be a lion. <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh. Fucking ancestors. That's exactly what the king said. He said, fucking ancestors. He did. He did. He, he uh, got a little pissed off. That's not a prophecy. That's merely a suggestion. Well, <laughs> Juba, the, the profiteer, 
Mm-hmm. The royal. The, he was. Mm-hmm. You could, he like shit a brick basically. Well, well, yeah. And it's like yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> what what the ancestors have revealed is a is a warning, nothing more. I will ensure my son's safety. He will rule Molly upon my passing. Yes, great. What's he gonna say? Yeah. Right. Oh, no, you're screwed. Your child's going to die. The the ancestors. Well, the ancestors knew that, man, and so did the so did the seer. You know, because they were they were whispering, the king's not gonna like this. <laughs> You might want to get some life insurance pretty soon. This never works out for anybody. No. It didn't Bio work out for Oedipus' parents. Oedipus' parents, it didn't work out for them. Right. Um, I mean, Greek, Greek mythology is full of this, and it never works out. Well, yeah, you never you never defy the gods or the ancestors. I mean, did it work out for Voldemort? It, it never works out for anybody. Oh. No. Why, don't go to the oracle. Don't Look, if you're if you're going to the oracle, listen to what the fuck they're telling you. Don't make the oracle get high and naked. Three hundred reference. <laughs> Unless you're into that sort of thing. Unless you're into that. Well, sort of I thing. mean, yeah. and we can we can get we could probably do an entire show just on that scene. Um. And then, you know, don't, don't waste the God's time or the ancestors' time wanting to know the future if you're going to say, oh, sorry, guys, you're wrong. You're right. wrong. You know, that's that's a warning. That's a suggestion. Because you they know. never get good news. Well, never, no. You never go to the oracle and the oracle says, yes, you're going to live a long life. You're going to become rich. Uh, everybody will love you and you'll have your own talk show. But then again, then again, what kind of what kind of story does that kind of prophecy make? You know, and the child was brought to the seer, and the seer dipped the feet in warm sand, scattered the sand, and the ancestors told him uh, he's going to work at the DMV, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's going to be pissed at him. And everybody's going to be pissed at him, and, and he's going to leave. He's going to have. He's going to be a middle class. He's going to have two point five kids. He's going to have in the suburbs, and you know, the end. Sedan. Right. He's going to have a sedan and, and a, a soccer mom van, or a minivan, and a mortgage. You know. Okay. And, he's going to be and, on food stamps once or twice. And, and the story and the story ends right there because you know nobody nobody wants to read that. <laughs> no. Wasn't that like a trend in the twenties writing about crap like that? Was it the everyday slice of life type of stuff? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we always I think, I think humans humans like human drama. So you know when we when we come up with a story, no matter how fanciful it is, you know we we go with something a little just a little more exciting than our normal lives. So you know we're not gonna you know be interested in the guy whose life is just like ours. You know he gets you know John gets up and he goes to work and he worked for eight hours. Nothing really interesting happened. Well, you know we want what we can't have. That's right. And what we can have, we already have. Exactly. So why would we and, search for it? And if we're going to try to escape from that particular hell, 
the you know the hell of mundaneness, you know why not go about vampires? I mean, hell, that's what urban fantasy is built all around. That is somebody whose life is like our everyday life, and suddenly gets flipped, turned upside down. That's true. And and weird shit starts happening to them, and then we become invested in this character. Like, oh yeah, wow, normal guy, normal gal, you know, weird shit, excellent. However, the one thing that Anjay wanted more than anything else in the world. His father offers to arrange a marriage with the most beautiful woman in the kingdom. He says, nah, keep that. I want a pup. And who can blame him? Yeah, I mean, well, Steve, Steve understands the bond between a person and their, and their dog. Shaggy and Scooby over there. And they're dogs. I get it. Yeah. So uh, Anjay wants a, a a puppy, and he's like, "Well, I don't know, man. You know, the the ancestor said you might get killed by a dog. Dog was right there. It, it was like there's not. It's not even the fine print. It was ape, crocodile, dog. Right. And 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 Anjay was like, "Fuck all that noise. We'll just get a dog and train him right. Yeah." So the king goes out and has his wise people scour the kingdoms for the brightest and most intelligent and easily trained puppy that they could they could find and they they bring it to him and and it becomes old yeller. Fatinga is what he calls it. Yes, which which, which translates translates to fearless. Which is the title of the story. Right. So the story is about the dog. Mm-hmm. What could this mean? Oh, oh, oh clever play. <laughs> okay, so then he gets the puppy. The puppy grows into a fine dog, great companion. Intelligent. You know, you're like, okay. And, and you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, okay, the dog is great. So we, we can cross dog off the list. And they right. basically do cross dog off the list. Yep, because the dog is great. The king comes to him and says, so uh, how about that marriage? And the son is like, bring it on. Yeah. And then the king was about that. There's a, there's a catch. And... <laughs> Because my good friend, because they are good friends. Right. My best pal would like you to marry his daughter. However, what yes. he wants you to do is he wants you to climb the tallest tower of his palace. With the rotating knives. And the, with the rotating <laughs> knives and the <laughs> crocodile rain. The acid. Imagine Kratos and when you have to climb out of, of uh, Hades. At the end of the first God of War game, that's mm -hmm. that's what you had to do. So, so you remember the Tower of the Elephant? Uh, yeah, I kind of remember that. Well, it's kind of like that in reverse. You got to start at the bottom and go all the way up to the top, and you know. So yeah, that's that's all they want you to do. They want you to climb to the top of this tower, go through the window, 
And that's your proposal. And by the way, no one's ever survived this. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love that. Has anyone else tried? They all fell. <laughs> but it's nothing. I'm sure you'll make it. Easy. Well, of course he's going to make it because there's no crocodiles, apes, or dogs. Exactly, well, and that's, yeah. that's exactly what the son says. He's like, hey, this, exactly. this trial doesn't involve crocodiles, apes, or dogs. And I, you know, I was thinking to myself, man, that is, that's got to be foreshadowing. He's going to get there, and he's going to have to jump over a pit of crocodiles, and there's going to be apes all over the side of the fucking tower. Well, like in Tower of the Elephant, you get up there, there's a big spider. Right. So why not big crocodile? Sure. Or he gets inside the room, and there's a crocodile in there instead of the woman or something. Or right. a crocodile lady. Crocodile lady. Hey there. <laughs> you look good enough to eat. So, needless to say, because he's the hero of the story and he's this prophesized badass, he's the chosen one, apparently, for all intents and purposes. He gets to the top of the tower, no problem. Gets in there and meets up with her. He's like, hi, I'm arrived. And oh, she's like, you know, I actually highlighted this because the greatest quote comes out of the whole... I'm going to climb it because there's no dog or shit. Yeah, go right ahead. Sometimes a fox's head serves a warrior better than a lion's heart. Aw. Nice. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes a rhino's balls serves a warrior better sometimes than a Sometimes a fox's head will be lubed up and shoved straight <laughs> 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 As we continue yeah. reading. <laughs> you gotta have a lot of lube for that, I think. He didn't. <laughs> so, so, yeah. He, he, and we're, so. we're introduced we're introduced to uh, Akima, who is the, the daughter of the Alakala of Diar, Diari. Uh, um, so, I, I love I love stories that that make me tongue tied, trying to say what's going on. Well, you know that's a and, staple of the sword and sorcery genre, in right? But, you know, on behalf of everybody at Microphones Madness, I apologize for, for mangling these African words. I think uh, that's that's a given at this point. Now, the worst part is they all begin with A. <laughs> gotta love alliteration, man. Well, gotta which is another staple of sword and sorcery is they have these names that you, like, you know, pick tiles out of a Scrabble bag. And they all look alike on the page because they have the same basic letters in them. It does seem like that, doesn't it? Now, now Akima is she? She's a she's a character. I mean, she could she could carry a story on her own, and so and Anjay rolls up into her room through the window, which makes me wonder: Does she have a door? Does she have to climb down? When she wants to leave, um, he's like, "Hi there." 
and she's she's like, I know who the hell you are. You know, we've met before. Yeah, I I saw you at your dad's house party six months ago. And no, no, you you didn't start it right. There's only one reason you're here. But you you didn't start it right. You didn't start it right. You didn't start it right. He landed on his ass. Oh, that's right. He fell on his ass. Fell on his ass. (laughs) And then went, hey there. Then jumps up and goes. I am Manjay, son of Mansake Keita Bojang. I probably said that all wrong. Which is sword sorcery speak for how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and Akima is like, oh, just drop the noise, man. Yeah, I know who you are. I know who you are. Now, stop being so formal. He's like, you're so beautiful. Yeah, and I'm also trying to... And she says, yeah, cut the shit. Soon I'm going to be scolding you for farting in our bed. Right, exactly. I am a trained sorceress. You know, I'm one of the best in the country. You know, don't forget that when you start complimenting me. She's also skilled in business. Oh, yes. She's very knowledgeable. Oh, yes. Eight years in feds. Oh. That's right. Because she is a badass. And that's how you arrange these marriages. You have badasses marrying badasses. They have badass children. And it just this, this Apparently badassery is entirely genetic. Apparently. And eventually you get Samaria. Uh, the land of badasses. Hmm. Sure. <laughs> As I recall, they got wiped out. All but one. No, that's just in the movies. That has nothing to do with the actual source material. It has nothing to do with the actual source material. <laughs> it's not. It has nothing to do. Conan left on his own to seek his fortune. Jason Momoa this is man. the least book accurate Conan ever. <laughs> Read the Frost Giant stuff. Oh, <laughs> and that's also untrue. Jason Momoa was a better Conan than Schwarzenegger ever can hope to be. Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger was the best Conan that ever existed, and I'm so happy that they're doing old fucking Conan. Do I need to separate you guys? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> No, I'm just being pinhead and, and yanking his chains. Hey, man, you're, if the neck beard fits. It's right. <laughs> Sean Bean should have been the next Conan. No, because Conan cannot die. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, Sean, Sean Bean was cast as Ares in the Wonder Woman movie. It's like, sorry, DC, you just gave away the fucking ending of your movie. <laughs> hey, you know what? He survived Christian Jackson, so. Oh, wow. Here we go. But was Percy Jackson before or after any of these other things? Because, you know. Did his career survive Percy Jackson? No, that second mm-hmm. Percy Jackson movie was, was so so. Okay, that's the whole. That's actually all of this stuff that we've been we've been kind of poking a little fun at. 
is is really just a setup for the actual action of the story. Yes. Yes. Um, Anjay and Akima get married. Uh, they they yeah. live on the glorious compound that has been Anjay's prison for all of his life. Yeah, it's in a Oregon. It's a nature preserve. Yeah. yeah. It's a cabin in the woods. And they're living a they're living a happy life. They're they're having a good old time. And they're um, adventurers. Yeah, they're they're kind of adventurers, you know. Anjay is the sword and Akima is the sorcery, so you know, they, they they're mm-hmm. they're a match made in heaven. Yeah. And they have the dog. One night they're sitting around, the dog starts barking, they get up and there's a bunch of fucking chimpanzees in the kitchen. Apes. <laughs> fucking apes. Fucking apes. And yeah. apparently in from Gorilla City. Okay, here's the thing. I just read or reread uh Red Shadows, right? Mm-hmm. Solomon Kane. Yeah. And remember when he gets captured in Africa? Mm-hmm. And Which time? <laughs> well, in the story, he gets captured, and uh, everybody's speaking broken English, and it's just like really just cringeworthy. <laughs> right. Just like, well, that's what um, Ojitani has his apes doing. Right. His, his, <laughs> I thought it was the, the cleverest thing in the world. Is that his... It was, his it's like a big fuck you to Robert E. Howard. And and to be to be completely fair, it is the light colored ape yeah. who does all the talking. Just saying. So yeah, that is that is kind of a, a, a fuck you to to Robert E. Howard and and a lot of the whole African lost civilization type of stories. Well, yeah, right. Like uh, you know, every all the characters except for the. Except for the white guy talk in in this kind of pigeon English, and yeah. Yoda speak. Well, it's not even Yoda speak. It's it's like uh, she gold king baby. We trade she with gold king for a lot of gold, a lot of food. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. It's painful. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's, it's kind of painful, but yeah, it 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 does it does read like a, a like a dig on on all of those uh, sword and sorcery tales where where Africans are presented as talking that way. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know it's it, it and and it being the blonde ape doing it is makes it even funnier. Mm-hmm. Um, so Anjay and a. a Akima kick these apes' ass. They they hand they hand their naked asses right back to them. They go full on bright bright eyes on. <laughs> <clears throat> and so okay, there we go. We can we can cross apes off the list. Or can we? Or can we? But effectively, the story reads like apes have been crossed off the list as well. Yes. Because there's days only later, talking apes in the entire world. Right. Now, and once two days later... Them, they never come back. Well, they actually say that. They yeah. can always return. Right. And yeah. she says, and we can fill ape heaven with them all. 
That's right. We mm -hmm. will we will dance naked amongst the corpses of these intelligent apes. From Gorilla City. Yes. Give me a break. Grod, Grod will, Grod will not defeat us. So a few days later, they're chilling at the beach. Anjay's swimming in the water. Dog's doing his thing. Uh, Akima's making sand people. <laughs> well, they were in a single line. They, they were. They to were hide their numbers. Miles. To hide their numbers. And Anjay is suddenly beset by a crocodile. Mm -hmm. So. Right, and he's, he's swimming like a motherfucker trying to get away from this thing. Mm -hmm. And and Akima... I can just see him, like, swimming, and then he gets a little faster, so now he's, like, half out of the water, and eventually he's, like, running on top of the water. Right, he's got that whole Hanna-Barbera cartoon thing going on. With, with yakety, yakety sax playing in the background. And then, um... Where his feet basically turned into wheels spinning. Right. And Akima works her magic. She just... Her stand statues turn into a crocodile. A bigger crocodile. Slices the tail off and rips the jaw off and crocodile dies. Yes. But he includes a nice little visual image <clears throat> of the lower jaw of the crocodile floating down the river. <laughs> you know. The real crocodile thrashed violently in the water as its lower jaw disjointed and then fell from the crocodile's head. The wedge-shaped mass of flesh, bone, and teeth floated up shore as the crocodile sank beneath the surface of the water. Dun, dun, dun. That would actually make a pretty goddamn cool souvenir. Yeah. Then Anjay scampers out of the water. Scampers out of the water. So that means... That's the Hanna-Barbera part. Right, right. And I mean, you know, he's already fallen on his ass when he when he met the love of his life, so you know, he definitely, you know, is kind yeah. of a clumsy guy. What's he got to lose at this point? Well, really? that's the thing. So so we've we by this point in the story we've successfully eliminated all three animals. Yeah. Yes. So it seems like nothing can harm the guy now. Yay! We've proven yeah. we can handle all of these things. This is fantastic. And then And then And then and the messenger of Akima's father comes and says, "Your mom's sick." And and Anjay's like, "Let me go. Uh, yeah, come on, let's go. I'll go with you. And you know, we'll we'll go see your mom and and make sure she gets better." And she's like, "Nah, nah, nah. I got this. You you stay at home. Take out that bottle of blue one final time." That's right. Mm -hmm. said, Let's start working on that dynasty of badassery. Yes. Very white. And yeah, and and mm -hmm. they are they are very direct about you know the, 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 we need to be having some kids. Mm-hmm. And, and I I suppose that's a that's a thing you know it's, it's their expectation you know that they continue the dynasty along. So yeah, it's pretty much been that way since the beginning of time. If they had Marvin Gaye back then, they'd be playing. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. But they didn't, so they just kind of did their thing. 
off camera. Tastefully off camera. Tastefully off camera. That's right. Yes. Very disappointing. We do get a hint, however, of what they were probably doing as MJ says, as you command. <laughs> he chases her. <laughs> on your knees, slave. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> and, and here's like the kicker is uh, Patinga followed them right along. Yep. <laughs> yeah, wagging right. his tail. Wagging his tail. Wagging his tail. <laughs> Gleefully wagging his tail. Because <laughs> he knows what's going to happen. Mr. Ojitani, we, we apologize. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, I, I am sure, I am sure we have severely offended Mr. Ojitani tonight. Yes, we do apologize, sir. And it's not that we, we are making fun of your story, it's that we love your story. We just have the filthiest minds on the internet, you know. And and also, the story is so good that it lends itself to parody so well. Yes. So, they say imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. It's not. It's it's <laughs> it's us. It, 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 <laughs> microphones of madness is the yes. most sincere form of flattery. Well, that's the thing is, if we didn't like the damn thing, we would have said it because we have before. Right, right, and that was one it's of just stories too. <laughs> it's just that this guy, MJ, <coughs> is a clown. <laughs> he is kind of a clown. I mean, there, there, there's the aspect of it. There's, there's so many levels in this story. You know, on the one hand, it's it's very folktaleish. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it's a very classic sword and sorcery type of material. But there's this this undercurrent throughout the whole story that this could be a romantic comedy. You know, like yeah. romancing the stone or something. And I, you know, that kind of that kind of vibe and you know, that's that's one of the things that makes this story great is that it even though we've been kind of poking a little fun at it, the story still works exactly the same in the overblown comedic uh, form as well as just playing it straight. Right. And I'm glad he, he kind of takes that jocular position with the character because most of the characters in this book are very serious. Well, a lot of characters yeah. in sword and sorcery are very serious. It's it's a very straight-laced genre. And hell, the story even starts off with a death prophecy. Your thieves world. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 of and course all all a lot of your Jack Vance's. You know, mm. you you have your tongue-in-cheek stuff. But primarily, I would say I would say at least eighty percent of sword and sorcery is straight-laced. Right. And, and it's very it's very rare to have a something that has a lighter tone to it that's not poking fun at the genre. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's not it's not a a farce where all of the conventions of the genre are uh, twisted and lampooned and and parodied. It's just that the character lends itself to... He's a fucking goofball. Right. 
these humorous sequences and and things like this. But that just makes him relatable to modern modern day people. Now, now I am because we fall on our asses in front of our potential base, you know. We all we embarrass well, I ourselves. I touch up in my wife all the time. Now, we are going to do something with this story that we have not done in this entire series, and it's because we've spent a good deal of time on this story. We are not going to give away the ending. No. All right, we have brought you. We have brought you to the climax of the story, and now we're going to go make a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and by make a sandwich, you mean the Benny's daughter. Yes. yes. So if you want to know the end of of Fearless, you have to buy this anthology. There you go. Which brings us to Milton Davis's story, The Benny's Daughter. Now we're gonna we're gonna go back to Kim. Fuck are you picking on me tonight. That's right, we're putting you on the spot, Kim. <laughs> putting you on the spot. I don't do well on the spot. Where do were you on the twenty third? Twenty third. The twenty third. Just Ooh, what's I don't know where it was. Leave me alone. Okay. Benny's daughter. Um, let's see. This is one where they they bring back the Jokowatu. That's right. The return of the Jokowatu. Yes. And they're bad guys in this. We don't know yet. Wait, weren't they yet. bad guys in the other one? They were bad guys yes, they were. In, in the signal. Yeah. Yes, they were. Didn't I tell you guys that that they come back. They come well, back. She told Rodney I wasn't around. Yeah, she she mentioned it on the episode. You, I know. I you skipped I, out on. I listened to the episode though. Oh, I do my homework. I listen to our podcast. Nick Nicario. Boom. <laughs> 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 we give it. We take it away. All right. Anyway, this actually starts with a lady named Omolewa. Yes. And starts with her stealing something. She it turns out she has a special ability. She has telekinesis. And when she sees this person walk by... She uses her powers to lift the item out of his satchel and bring it to her. The odd thing is, uh, normally when she does that, the guy probably wouldn't have known about it, but this one kind of seems to. Right. Well, and I don't think she has a lot of experience doing just that, because the first words of the story are, I am not a thief. That's true. Right. She 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 has to steal this scroll under duress. Yes. Her family is being held hostage by a group of people who, as it turns out, one of them is one of the Jokowatu. Mm -hmm. And um, they want this item. And they want this item. And I don't think we ever find out why, do we? Doesn't matter. Does doesn't matter. It's a MacGuffin. Yeah. It's 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 like Imperial transponder codes. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> 
what's, right. in, what's in the suitcase? Yeah, that sort of thing. You know, and she didn't even get a big Kahuna burger out of it. Right now, of course, you know, since since Kikonga, well, this is yet another instance where since Kikonga is a forthcoming role playing setting, um, this particular scroll could be a adventure hook for the players. That's true. That you can pick, you can spin off of this story and have your own group of players, you know, recover the scroll, figure out what's going on with it, and all this other stuff. However. She takes the scroll back to her house, where the Jokuwatu and his his henchmen are holding her f- entire family hostage. Well, we don't know that he's Jokuwatu yet. Well, we don't know that he's Jokuwatu yet, but you know. No, but we find it out. Spoilers! Spoilers! <gasps> spoilers! Um. So she goes in, and and instead of you know, she hands over the scroll, and they're like. You know, and he pulls a Tarkin, and he's like, "Kill them all anyway." And she goes off and you know, uses her her magic powers or her psychic powers or whatever you want to call it to um, you know fight off the the thugs. But she's just not she's not powerful enough to do so successfully. She she successfully she defeats them, and then they get back up, and they're like, "Okay, get back to work." You know, finish them off. Yeah. And then the when, mysterious stranger comes in, and the he stranger starts, that she took the item from. Right, the stranger that. she took the item from busts through the door and starts wrecking shit. And we should note here that uh, these two actually seem to have something in common right from the get-go. Their their skin color. That's correct. Is very unusual. They are the darkest people around. Mm-hmm. Yes. Everybody else is lighter, including um, Omolewa's family. Right. Who she reveals to us in the narration that uh, she is adopted. Yes. Her father, her adoptive father, was a mercenary who went to her country to protect the interests of his own country. Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Where could he have gotten that from? Oh, it is Africa. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean a, that's another. Anjay is from Mali. Yeah, it's another common sword and sorcery trope: is to have the ancient ancient world be a a uh, precursor to the actual world with similar mm-hmm. names. Similar yes. names, similar cultures. You only got to change one letter. I mean, it's all good. And it, it, it's basically Robert E. Howard's like bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know the. Um, then we also have Kenja. Yeah, Kenya, the, the Hyborian Age. I mean, he just went through and he's like, okay, these guys are the Celts. These guys are the Egyptians. These guys are. The Asia, the Vanir. Right. You know, this these guys are like Japan. These guys are like China, and, and it, it just goes down the list. Yeah, yeah, and he just goes down the list, and 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 even in our, our six question segment with Milton Davis, you know, he he mentions that he bases a lot of the um, 
sword and soul work on existing African cultures. And you can tell that with a lot of these. Mm -hmm. You really can. Um, so yeah, it turns out, as, as it turns out, the big reveal is that she is this new guy's actual sister. They are blood relatives, and they are of the noble family. And the her origin story, mm -hmm. her life is a pack of lies. Yep. What her father had told her was not actually what happened. And her father doesn't even know that until her brother shows up. Right. He's he's been he's been mind tricked into forgetting what actually happened and was not the heirs you're looking for. Right. This is just the epitome of urban fantasy right here. Isn't this what everybody dreams of in That's their ordinary lives? Harry Potter. I mean, yeah, exactly. You find yeah, out that like, you're you're not you don't really belong here. That this isn't yeah. your ordinary boring ass life. You are a noble person, and you belong in this other country, and you can destined to be a hero. And now, a uh, big difference though is she isn't unhappy. This is true. This is true. She's she, perfectly she, happy. Yeah, she will. They may be in debt. Um, they may not like be high else. status. Mm-hmm. But they're happy. That's they right. Love they love each other. Yeah, they're, and they're happy. Unlike unlike most of these, unlike most of the trope where the 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 farm boy, farm girl, whatever, you know, they're they're unhappy in their life. She's she's content. The, it's a loving family. They're really tight. Um, you know, and then she's she comes in and she has this destiny. Tashi Station to pick up power converters. Right, and and so she, you know, she is revealed to have this destiny, and she's like, I don't want that. Yeah. I don't I want that at all. Family. I want I want what I have now. She was willing to risk her life and her uh, legal status to protect mm. that. That's right. Mm -hmm. Harry Potter would have left. His aunt, uncle, and cousin <laughs> could get slaughtered. <laughs> well, maybe not that far, but... Well, they were bitches to him. Yeah. Well, that's part of that trope, is that your life is shit before, before you meet Obi-Wan or Dumbledore or whomever. Count right. Dracula. So, uh, so in in that sense, this story is kind of a subversion of the whole meta myth idea to, right. to bring Campbell into this. Bruce Campbell is always welcome on microphones. Not Bruce Campbell, Joseph Campbell. Yeah. Uh, the other Campbell. The soup guy. The real Campbell. Oh, shut your face, Steve. <laughs> soup is good food. It is. Makes yes. a good meal. Now, again, we are. Uh, now, eventually, eventually, the 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 brother, the 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 hero of the story, the newfound brother, mm -hmm. who, who also kind of at this point doubles as the the wizard character, is like, you know what? Then they subvert this this part of the tale yet again. And he's like, you know what? All of y'all coming with me. Yeah. You don't have to abandon your family. 
They come with. You, you don't want to abandon your family. I don't expect you to abandon your family. You know, that's exactly one of the qualities that we hoped you had. We're bringing everybody. And he he offers to pay their debts. Oh yeah. He's yeah, like, he's like oh my god. He's like we're gonna make this it rain. Like, oh, this, <laughs> is this is like this is like the end of Char uh, Willy Wa Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You know, the the guy's like, look, I'm gonna pay off your debts. We're gonna get you out of the country. You know, start a whole new life. Start a whole new life. I mean, we're this you. Are, you have raised my sister. You are my family. So he basically just adopts this entire group of people into the royal family. Where do I find this guy? I want him to adopt me. <laughs> Can you move things with your mind, Kim? <sighs> Not as such. Oh, you're a writer. Of course you can. Start practicing. Oh, uh, well, okay. I, I, I can create universes. It's true. So. I have an entire universe in my hand. Yes. Until um, it runs out of ink. <laughs> until it runs out of ink. Then that universe <laughs> is dead. <laughs> and I have to go get another one. All right. The wand doesn't choose the wizard. The wizard goes down to Office Depot and buys these in a pen pack. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There you go. There was my visual joke for the for the night. There you go. Um, you gotta watch us in all mediums, including smell-o-vision. Yeah. No, smell-o-vision is not a good idea. No. Um, <laughs> because you don't fuck under the blanket. So, and so you found everybody, and, and and they put them on this ship, and this ship is, I mean. Dude, the the guy. There is a lot of um, female gaze in this story, where you know we we're told in one sentence that uh, that she's attractive. However, we get this very detailed description of her brother, um, who is almost like a young Billy D. Williams. And we get a very detailed description of the captain of the ship, and you know, and that's one of those things that, that it's it's a very visual thing because you know I'm reading the description of this character and I can see him standing at the wheel of this ship and the wind is blowing and it's whipping his robes and and he looks like a very you know noble and romantic type of hero, square jawed, square jawed, steely eyes and that mm. sort of thing. Thank you for flying American Airlines today. We're going to take you out to Houston, Texas. You know, that kind of thing. Turns out that the captain of the ship is the wizard character. Of he the is Obi-Wan. Um, and it is his job to instruct her in the ways of the... Uh, the Jedi. No, they have a specific word for it. Uh, his, his name is Kashta. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I think it's like Namaya, Namaya. Namaya yeah, like it's got a J in there. And which is weird because I actually looked up the translation of that word because it kind of popped up and I didn't recognize it right away. And 
in Swahili it means meat. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Which is which is which was kind of odd, but you know, whatever. Roll meat. with it. <laughs> meat is magic. Meat. <laughs> meat. Um. Not according to. Fuck! I'm hungry. Smiths. What's that? Not according to the Smiths. Uh, well, screw the Smiths. <laughs> Morrissey needs a hug. No, not for me. Stand <laughs> that man. And so they're on the ship, and the ship is, you know, once again we get the the tinkerer, the advanced technology, in a sword and sorcery era. Uh, and it's actually steam technology. That's right. This ship is actually a steam vessel. Uh, secretly, it's a it's disguised as a sailing ship. Well, because they don't want to give away. The right. fact that this their country has this advanced technology. Yeah, right. Anybody's so, you don't want to attract too much that. attention. Right. That's right. But she'll do 0.5 past light speed. Goddamn right. Um, I'm this thing. <laughs> but see, that's that's the other thing. This ship is not ugly. No, um, it is not. This ship is it, oh. it's sleek. It's you know. Well made. She just marvels over how badass this boat is. And you get down, and their cabin is as big is bigger than their whole house. Right. You know. Awesome. That is just freaking awesome. It's as big as in my apartment. Are all right. Seriously, where can I sign up for this guy? Where can I sign up to be adopted by this guy? And and as they're traveling along, here come. The Joker Watcher. You can almost hear. You can almost hear Pantera playing when they show up. (laughs) (laughs) And and a a battle ensues between the the three, really the three uh, magic users aboard the ship and the Joker Watcher. And it's a really unusual battle. Well, there's nothing else you can do, really. Um, they had steam power, but I don't think they had any advanced weaponry. I don't know. That fucking bow was pretty damn advanced. Well, well, the, the bow is is a wizard weapon, though. I'm talking like they didn't have. Um, you mean weapons technology? Yes, they they didn't have the uh, the reign of Ra or any of that stuff. Right, right. Ra's reign or. The steam sword or anything like that. Right. They had the psychic arrows. Right. Telekinetic whatevers. Effectively, laser arrows. I mean, you know, like uh, the old Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, the ranger guy had the energy bow. And it was pretty much what they did, except the little arrows were these thin slivers of silver light. Right. That shot out. You know, powered by, you know, the caster's the mind. mind. And they successfully and it, take it. Yeah, and it acts just like a, an actual arrow would. She doesn't even know she's doing it at first. A bit more powerful than an arrow. And she misses. Yeah, she she misses, she hits the bottom. <laughs> Shit. Her arrow oh. falls on the board. And he's like, hey, that's a good try. I didn't think you could do it at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and, and, yeah, so... They they have, they defeat the dragon because if you remember in the signal they refer to these these ships as looking like dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then they go about their business, and they and once again, we're not going to reveal the end of the story. You have to buy this anthology. Yes, it's you available do. in e-reader format at Amazon.com. The link is in the description of this video. Go out, get you some of that. Yeah, I mean, it's well worth reading. It is. It is. It's, it's a very good story, and particularly the latter half of the anthology is when it really, yeah, it really starts kicking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I think we only have two stories left. One's we a do. long one. The one's a long one. The final story is pretty long. Um, but yeah, I mean, here we are. We're almost at the end. The second half of this anthology has been just kick-ass. I mean, just, mm -hmm. just great. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. It's you stuff know, you're going to want to read and then read again. Like I right. had mentioned earlier that I would read Red Shadows again. Mm -hmm. Right, um, and there are certain authors and stories where you do go back to mm -hmm. and, and read them mm -hmm. again. Right, right, and this is and, one of those. Yeah, this is one of those that you that really you, we can't wait for the the hard copy. Right, just so we can have it on the shelf and go. You know, I'm looking to read something today. Nah. Oh, Key Conga, and flip to Yo, you know, yeah, flip through your story. The Hand of Sassetti, for example. And, now, and that's a good example. Day. Milton Davis wrote on his Facebook page um, a little while back that he is working on a Kikanga novel. Ooh. Hmm. Nice. We'll, we'll definitely have to talk about that. So, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. They're going full on with this setting. Uh, now, what, very cool. Is 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 Balagun doing anything in? Uh, I don't know anything further in Key Congo or I don't know. Let me see if I can find this. It was a little while ago when he posted this, and it get just so much going on that it all gets jumbled. Uh, you guys talk amongst yourselves while I. Well, I'll uh, while you're looking that up, I'll. Uh, give another piece of news regarding Milton Davis is that he is uh, looking for submissions for a diesel funk anthology um, so if you want to hear your own story if you're a writer you think you can uh, pull off some diesel funk and you want to possibly hear us make fun of your story <laughs> uh, go ahead and um <clears throat> uh, yes, because that's what everybody wants. Uh, give it a try, you know. Get, try to get into this book. I mean, you know, Milton Davis is is producing quality stuff, and yeah, you know, it's 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 exciting. It's an exciting idea, and it's you know something that I'm excited to to check out when it comes out, and uh, you know. I might even I might even give it a shot myself. I've got some notes somewhere. Oh, oh! You want to see something really cool? Oh, it's gonna be how timely because it's going to expand on one of the stories that we talked about tonight. Ah, nice! Oh, wow, he's 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 actually so gonna continue going continue that story. To, to uh, hear more about so it's there, and then there's Lua coming fall winter 2016. So there you go. Okay. So nice. if 
by Kikaga, read the Benet's daughter. Oh, and there's a picture of Rick Rick. The, the ferret. Right uh, on the shoulder, see? Aw. Oh, and that's her. Cool. Yeah. So nice. there you go. That's awesome. So a great announcement from Milton Davis concerning the very story that we are discussing. Which is awesome. How, yeah. How's that for your... For your How did he know here? we were discussing it tonight? Uh, because he's friends with Steve <laughs> oh. on Facebook. <laughs> well, I, I didn't mention it. <laughs> sure, I'll take credit for that. All right, so yeah, so definitely grab this grab this anthology. Um, you know, it, it is due out in, in, in the actual physical form sooner or later. Uh, we'll keep you posted as we know about it. Yeah, so let's uh, do me a favor. Shoot me the information about the the call. It is on the Microphones of Madness Facebook page. Excellent. And I'll put it in the show notes for the for the podcast. All right. Awesome. Um. So yeah, there's a there's there there are a couple things that we should have talked about at the top of the show. Is that the Microphones of Madness blog has a couple of new articles. Uh, there is a article written by Kim. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, that's right. Called Where Do We... I wrote a thing. <laughs> you wrote a thing that's like the most popular thing on any of our... That's right. Everything the, that we've ever it got in the. It got <laughs> in the hands... It got in the hands of the right people. And, and so yeah. congratulations on, 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 that, on that little article. Thank um, you. And it is called Where Do We Find Lovecraftian Horror?, and you yes. can find it on uh, microphonesofmadness.wordpress.com. Uh, not too long after I posted Kim's article, I got the six questions for fe- uh, January back uh, from Joe's, Joe Pulver. Yay! There's another and, visual gag. <laughs> <laughs> you know, guys. <laughs> Um, which Let actually, which actually, that turned out to be very interesting. Uh, you know, we the format of six questions, of course, is six questions, and Joe put his own style into the answering of the questions. So it's almost like Joe, a Joe, a piece of exclusive Joe Pulver writing right there because you know, we did did the interview through email. And so all the answers are, are written. And it includes a soundtrack. The thing is, Joe Pulver, now, I've met him once. And mm-hmm. I'm friends with him on Facebook. You know him a lot better than I do. He is one of the most selfless mm-hmm. people in writing today. He is constantly promoting other people's work. Right. It's true. Yes. He is. He's constantly promoting other people's work. And he took this opportunity of six questions and used it to not only, you know, further his own writing, but other people too. He's mm-hmm. that that's just the kind of guy Joe is. That's right. That's right. There is actually there's more about people other than Joe <laughs> in in Joe's own interview than than there is Joe. Right. However, I I will say again that just the interview actually included a soundtrack <laughs> because I had asked him a question about music and 
because a lot of his work includes a soundtrack at the end of the story. And he, he included a nice little tidbit of what he was listening to when he answered the questions. Um, so yeah, so go definitely go check those out. Once again, that's microphonesofmadness.wordpress.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, Microphones of Madness is at Mad Mikes. And the Monday Night Heroes Twitter account, um, which is our gaming arm, that is at Mun Night Heroes. Uh, so yeah, definitely hit us up on Twitter. You like what you see? You want us? You got? If, if you got an idea of something for us to cover, yeah, uh, that you want us to talk about and or sure. ridicule or whatever. Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're not Obi Wan. Yeah, hello there. Don't make fun of my glasses. Yeah, you make fun of Kim's glasses and and and. Yeah. I will find you. Don't pull the look at you. Of me. You can make fun of Rodney. You can even make fun of Kim, but just not her glasses. Not the glasses. Not the glasses. That's right. Glasses are off limits, y'all. You can make fun of my glasses. You make you can make fun of Four Eyes Rosenstein over there. That's right. If you're man enough. <laughs> if you're a woman <laughs> enough. All right. So yes, definitely check out the blog. Check us out on Twitter. Uh, Check us out on Facebook. My, uh, just it's a page, Microphones of Madness. Um, coming up, uh, let's see. Today's Saturday, so Monday night we will be back in action. Back with, in the warehouse. Mm-hmm. Back in the warehouse with masks of Nyarlathotep. Vampire chickens. Yes. And sir, you should probably roll up another character again. Rodney, you should probably roll up. another <laughs> No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. If, if Julian dies, I'm taking a couple of weeks off, and and that way, and watch you guys struggle without him. Oh <laughs> no, Rodney, you can't do that because the next segment was actually specifically written for you. Well, then I can't die. Then I must have plot armor now. <laughs> you don't have plot armor. You have. It's you called have... Cthulhu. There's no such thing as plot armor. Oh, you have river. But I, although although I am at the hit point level that where I do best <laughs> zero four he is at for now yes um he's at fire escape hit point level that's oh, yes. right uh so yeah so Monday is a return the return of Mass of Nyarlathotep uh Friday will be another installment in the wildly chaotic. Shadows of Yogg-Sothoth. I know, we're like right all old school shit. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, and then next Saturday will be the 13th of February, and we will have uh, John from Legends of Tabletop on. Yeah. Actually, didn't John say okay. he couldn't make it? No, no. Vince, said, Vince said he couldn't make it, so... Well, Vince will be here. Oh, in right, 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 right. But John, no one's gonna get punched in the throat. Oh. I'm gonna punch him in the throat. That's my Dennis Malone impression. That's pretty good. I'm gonna punch him in the fucking throat. I was gonna say there's gotta be a fucking in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Every other fucking word was fuck. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> punch him in the fucking throat. Um. 
Let's see. And then uh, after that, we'll be back to Eclipse Phase, Ozymandias. Uh, we are coming up on the end of uh, Season 2 of Microphones of Madness. Yes. I believe the interview with John of Legends of Tabletop and then the final installment of Key Conga will be the end of this uh, series of episodes. We're going to take about two, three weeks off and then uh, come back, uh, I believe, it with be bells on. the beginning of March. We'll be back with all new episodes and... And trying some new things. What new things? In our underwear. <laughs> Kim Kim will be appearing live in her underwear. Oh, okay. Yes. So that's that's new things. In fact, I have a one. new bra just for the occasion. There you go. We see. I'll that's the that, thing. That, Not that, enough that. of you are subscribing and liking, so you know Kim's getting naked. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's all it is to mm-hmm. it. The problem got, is up firing me because it went so well the last time. Actually, did. Yeah, when we tried the naked episode with Steve, it just didn't work out well. Yeah, well, you know. we we lost subscribers. <laughs> so, until Monday, say good night, Gracie. Night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. Good night, Nick. <laughs> good night, John Boy. <laughs>